Welcome to the Cattle Call Podcast. Today we're starting our research call of the month, so let me go ahead and call Brooke. Hello, Brooke. Hi, Pedro. How are you? Pretty good. How are you doing? I'm doing great, thanks. Is it a good time for a call? It's always a great time for a cattle call. Great, great. So today we have uh, Meredith Harrison again here. If you want to listen more about uh, more about Meredith's career, just go to our previous episode. She talked uh, a lot about uh, her uh, grad school career, her undergrad career, and some things that she's doing on, on her current job. So let's go ahead and call Meredith. Hello, Meredith. Hi, Pedro. How's it going? Good. How are you? Good. Thank you. Thank you for joining us again. Uh, it was very nice to have you in our uh, episode last week. So we are excited for uh, to hear more about some research that you've done. So, Brooke, uh, what is the question that we have to, to Meredith today? So today's going to be exciting because uh, we're going to be talking about an issue that's actually been getting bigger in agriculture in general. I know I've gotten questions about this, but um, we're going to talk a little bit about Meredith's work in her PhD that she just finished up, uh, looking at pre precision agriculture technology. So looking at cameras and specifically in feedlot settings. So Meredith, could you just tell us about your project and your PhD and how you came up with the idea to do it? Yeah. So um, like you said, precision livestock technologies, um, they're a hot topic right now. I think a, a lot of interest, but not a lot of research on um, kind of the, the economics of using these kind of technologies and what it means for producers. So I wanted to, to take a, a deeper look at that. I'm a firm believer in that you can't manage what you don't measure. So these new technologies are really affording us abilities to evaluate individual animals in a pen in a way that hasn't been uh, commercially possible before. So with that, I wanted to um, look at a commercial pen of, of cattle and look at implementing a, a technology. In this case, it was bunk cameras that we were using. Um, so trying to use bunk cameras to characterize uh, dry matter intake, feeding behavior, aggression, just all of that kind of feeding dynamics that occurs in conventional feedlot cattle. So that was kind of the, the general idea for the project, the why behind it. And so, um, so I'm I'm assuming in this project you were able to work a little bit with industry in order to find these technologies to work. How was that working with uh, industry to integrate that into your project? Yeah, so um, you're exactly right. I was working with a company called Precision Livestock Technologies that has developed this this camera technology, and it had. A lot of a lot of really great things about it and a lot of challenges as well so having um just another um uh, uh, someone outside of the the university to serve as a mentor really kind of checks and balances to make sure the research truly stayed applied and wasn't just uh, research for the research sake that was great to have that industry perspective um, but at the same time you know, just different, just different dynamics working with the industry, maybe. So one of the challenges about working with industry 
is that the, the timelines are not always going to line up with the, the university setting, right? So universities tend to move a little slower, having to get all the approval, move through the channels, and then industry oftentimes wants results really quickly. So trying to find that happy medium, that was definitely one of the, the challenges. So was there anything while you were using this um, precision ag technology that was surprising that you found, whether it was the cattle behavior or even applications of the technology that you were a little surprised at? Yeah, so I think we initially came in with a, a game plan with this camera. So we wanted to use these cameras to, like I said, evaluate um, individual animals in a commercial setting. Initially, it really started with, with bunk management and evaluating the time of slicking and, and smart feed calls. But the it just didn't really work with the, the configuration of our feedlot, how our feedlot was managed, being a smaller research feedlot. So I had to, to pivot. So we went from that approach to really trying to to quantify individual animal feeding behavior. So one of the challenges was how do we individually identify all of these animals in a conventional pen? So we were able to accomplish that actually using Estratech patches on these steers. And we covered them in these colored patches and unique combinations so that the cameras could find them. And then working with the company, we were able to develop some um, algorithms to individually identify animals, keep track of their, their feeding behavior. And then we validated those algorithms using um, some of my undergraduate interns. And then ultimately we're comparing that back to some of the feeding behavior of the animals um, that were measured in uh, Incentech individual feed monitoring system, similar to GrowSafe. So some of those I think comparisons between the, the systems were, were pretty unique, pretty surprising. Um, for example, um, the both, both groups spent about the exact same amount of time eating, but cattle in the conventional bunks tended to uh, visit the bunks a fewer number of times, but stay at the bunk for longer each visit. So there's likely a social hierarchy that's playing a, a really big role into some of these feeding dynamics, which I thought was was pretty surprising. That's that's pretty cool, Meredith. One one question that I uh, and you're talking about this type of technology, uh, and I'm I'm one of those people who are listening and thinking, what type of camera are those cameras like? Do you need like are those a specific camera like uh, what just to go? Like, do you can you just explain to our listeners what like it's a cell phone camera? What type of camera are those cameras, and are they being applied in a commercial yard? Yeah, so um, these can these cameras we've seen actually a couple different versions in our feedlot at UC Davis. We were able to start with the company when they were pretty young, so the cameras themselves are awesome. They're they're, they're pretty inexpensive. Um, just um, they're not 3D cameras, anything fancy. But what is unique about them is is these cameras actually have a, a Linux computer in them. 
So that's what enables them to really hold all of these images and, and capture things. And I really like that I could access that camera feed from anywhere. So even when I am on campus in between classes and I wanted to be able to check on my research cattle, you can pull them up right there on your phone and um, you're really able to start to get some pretty powerful analytics as the company has grown. So they are involved, um, installed in commercial feed yards. That's something that we're starting to see. And they really offer unique analytics on feeding behavior more so than you could get from your just conventional bunk reader. Even if you're reading the bunk several times a day, this continuous real-time monitoring, I think is something that's that's really unique and will start to allow um, just some some new insights on how, how we feed cattle at the commercial level. That's pretty cool. Uh, and I'm I'm thinking here, probably that's the question that I, uh, so like probably Brooke will ask, you mentioned like you collect a lot of behavior data and things like uh, you mentioned that was hard to identify the animals, but what else, what are the, the hard things that you see on applying these technologies to a commercial feedlot? But also, if you can comment a little bit, what are the things that you see as a potential benefits on having them? You mentioned like having real-time information, but what what else do you think that we will see in the future in regards to precision uh, technology in beef cattle production? I think we'll um, really start to be able to develop more advanced marketing methods by collecting this this data. So right now, historically, I think a lot of producers have just marketed their cattle based off of visual appraisal, maybe just how they look, what the pin average weight is. So in addition to cameras like these at the bunk, there's also um, cameras, those cameras even can quantify um, cattle body weights. So you could start to get an idea of how animals weigh. And since we're measuring continuously daily, then you can quantify your average daily gain. And if you're measuring some of these feeding behavior things, I think um, soon we'll be able to better individually estimate dry matter intake. So right now, you know, we're just dividing the feed call by the number of animals in the pen, which is certainly imperfect. So with accounting for individual animal body weight and their um, growth patterns and their eating behavior, combining all of those data streams, we can get a better idea of that animal's actual intake, which would really allow you to develop these customized um, economic profit curves and determine, you know, at what point is is feeding these cattle really no longer profitable and really advancing the the marketing side of things. But on the flip side of things, I think it'll allow us to make a lot more progress towards um, feed efficiency. So monitoring RFI right now is is not really done at a commercial level due to the fact that we can't measure feed intake. 
So I think it would have really allow us to start moving the needle on efficiency. That's those are pretty good messages, Brooke. Uh, more questions from Meredith. I have uh-huh. one question. Um, at this point, where the technology is, can a feedlot use it themselves, collect that data, and interpret the data on their own, or are we at a point where they still need an expert to to do that for them? Yeah, that's that's such a good question, Brooke. Mm-hmm. I think that's always, you know, the challenge to take to take actual, you know, hard data and then transfer that into what it means for the producers actually. So I think there's some opportunities there right now. I think we're still in that advanced algorithm stage and then once we start to really establish those we'll hopefully be able to develop more of what I would call um, like a decision support tool, something that's um, really readily usable by by producers. I, I think this last statement of a decision support tools is, is one of the best things that I myself see with those precision technologies, like more information, more tools to the toolbox. Uh, and I think that's pretty cool. Uh, Meredith, one, I don't know, Brooke, do you have any 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 other question? I just have one finish up question, so I'll let you no, go first. No, no, no. I, I, my, the, you know, my kind of a finished up, it's kind of a finished up question as well. Okay. Uh, I was just thinking, Meredith, if you could take one thing that you've done so far with precision technology and and apply that to a commercial level, is there anything right now that you think say, hey, that's something that I see a future and that's something that I, not only a future, I see that we could apply this right now and that will be very useful to to producers. Is there, do you have that thing right now? Um, you know, some of, some of my research and some, some historical research done, um, by like Hicks back in the the 80s has really shown that if we monitor dry matter intake, if we measure it just for the first 28 days, um, you can get a very, very good projection of that animal's dry matter intake through the entire feeding period. So I think that, you know, as we're thinking about implementing some of these technologies, there's a it seems daunting to think, you know, I have this 50,000 head feed yard. How do I try to implement this across the yard? And really focusing on maybe some of those receiving pins. And if you can quantify early on that those benefits will pay off through the the whole feeding period. So I think that's uh, an opportunity I see for commercial implementation. And that's obviously when your animals are the highest risk too, and you'll have the greatest incidence for for illness. So having some some extra cameras, at, set of eyes on those pens, I I can really see that taken off. Cool, that's nice, Brooke. So my last question for you is: um, this kind of moved nicely from your PhD doing all of this technology into your current position at CLOC, uh, working with precision technology. So what are you interested in kind of carrying forward into your new position? Yeah, that's a, a wonderful question. So I did a lot of, of research on, on, like I said, feeding behavior, um, monitoring individual animal dry matter intake, 
And that's something I'm pretty passionate about. So um, exploring our smart feed technology, continuing some of these um, growth prediction, dry matter intake prediction models, I think is, is huge, but also combining um, that data with smart scale data, which enables us to track individual animal weights multiple times a day. Um, how does that, all of that real-time data, how does it change our, our growth projections? I did a lot of work with the, the Davis growth model as well in my PhD studies. And then um, finally, something that I haven't really worked with um, was measuring in enteric methane emissions. So Sealock also offers a, a product called the Green Feed Machine, where we can um, measure uh, CO2 and we can measure oxygen as well as methane. And so combining some of those data streams with intake data, with weight data, and really, um, um, so, so really combining all of these different data streams to get a full picture of the model. So maybe we could develop some correlations. Again, just having all of these different data sources on the same set of cattle, I think provides a lot of unique opportunities from a data mining correlational perspective. I think the, the biggest opportunity I see for research is really to develop a, a greater um, understanding of the cause and effects that we see with these different feeding behaviors. So now we're able to, to measure all this stuff, but what's going on within the animal driving some of these different efficiencies. So lots, lots of research still to be done. Nice. And, and you just answered my last question that I, I was going to ask the, the opportunities for, for research. You mentioned opportunities for a producer, but I'm glad that you, you answer uh, the opportunities for research as well. So Meredith, thank you very much. Uh, Brooke, do you have any final question? No, that covered that. That was great. Yeah. Meredith, is there anything that we are missing about uh, the research that you've done and something that uh, we forgot right now? I don't think so. Okay, that's great. I mean, a lot of information. Uh, it seems like a lot of good things are coming, at least a lot of opportunities. Uh, job security, we always joke about this. So, <laughs> that's great. For those of you who are listening to us, again, I would remind uh, that if you want to listen more about Meredith's career, please go back to our previous episode. We'll leave, we'll leave uh, Meredith's contact information in the description of the episode again. Uh, so, Meredith, thank you very much. We appreciate you taking the time and joining us here. It was being uh, It has been really fun to talk to you. So, thank you very much. Thank you both for having me. I greatly appreciate it. Uh, for those of you who are listening, thank you for listening. If you want to receive the, the transcription of this episode, please subscribe to our newsletter. Uh, the, the link is in the description of this episode. Thank you very much. And remember, it's always a good time for a cattle call. Whispers are a jingling, a cowboy is singing this lonesome cattle call.